Experience the magic of the holidays at the Bull Run Festival of Lights, Northern Virginia's largest drive-thru light show. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow. Ooh and ah through the winter wonderland where it's always snowing and see the tallest light display yet. Purchase tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Northern Virginia's largest drive-thru light show. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message that I'm about to receive. Remain standing. One scripture I want you to look at, Deuteronomy chapter 11. Deuteronomy, which literally actually means to say again. So when we read Deuteronomy, many of the things you'll read have actually already been spoken in Exodus and Leviticus, but the Lord is saying them again. Sometimes God has to say something twice for you to get it. Deuteronomy chapter number 11, and I want you to look there at verse number 26. When you have it, say, I got it, Bishop. If you're still flipping, say, hold on, Bishop. All right, all right. Now, that's towards the front. That's towards the front. If you buy maps, you went too far. Deuteronomy eleven twenty-six. Behold. Somebody say, behold. behold. I set before you today a blessing and a curse. Now, which means evidently you got to choose. I said evidently that means you got to choose. There's too much feedback up here. I said that means you got to choose. Look at the neighbor and say, you got to choose. Verse 27, the blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and the curse if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way which I command you today to go after other gods or sources which you have not known. Say, 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 say look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, neighbor. As, of today, as of today, I'm putting my choice, putting my choice on, the on the record. I choose, I choose the blessing. The blessing. I, choose I choose life. life. Curse. Get out of my life, out of my family, out of my finances. Get away from me because today I choose the blessing. Would you shout if you choose it today? 
Father, I decrease that you might increase. Speak now that we, your people, might move and walk in those things that you have ordained. We bless you for it now that you would tailor make this word, Father, that you would customize it in such a way that people leave this worship experience knowing that they've had a divine encounter with you. They've not just come to hear a man preach, but they've heard God's preach and speak through a man. I decrease now that you might increase, Father. Speak to us in this house that from this day forward, we would choose the blessing and it would affect every area of our lives. Today, we make a decision that stress and strain and struggle and mess and drama, that's over. But we make a decision to choose the blessing. And if you choose it, shout the blessing. High five two or three people as you take your seats and just tell them, I chose, I chose, I chose. I want to read this series summary to you so that you can understand from what premise we're beginning this series and we're going to be teaching you from. We often hear the word bless used, but we don't often know what it really means. Is it just good fortune? Is it another way to just express good luck? The reality is the blessing is the difference maker. Say the difference maker. And it's one of the most potent tools that God gave to man. In fact, the blessing shouldn't just be on you. You should be the blessing. Say, I am the blessing. But here's the question we're asking in the series. Why do some others seem to be more blessed than others? The blessing causes those with average background. Anybody got an average background? You didn't have a silver spoon in your mouth. Matter of fact, you didn't have no spoon. You had to go borrow the spoon from somebody else to get it. I'm here to tell you, the blessing causes people with average backgrounds to experience an above average quality of life. The blessing takes the self-serving and makes them centered on serving others. When the blessing is flowing freely through your life, and that's what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks through the end of this series, is getting the blessing to flow freely in your life. Listen to this. It doesn't matter what circumstances you face, you will triumph. I said, when the blessing's flowing in your life, you can get used to winning because that's all you're going to do. Song says, and our hands go up and they stay there. Why? Because we're winning. Touch your neighbor say, winning is what we do. In this life-giving message series, we're going to discover how to truly be blessed and highly favored. Watch this, with both God and people. Somebody say, I'm blessed. So I want to start by laying some foundation and then we're going to get into the meat of this thing. The blessing literally is an empowerment to prosper, to do well, and to be made whole. Say an empowerment to prosper, to do well, and to be whole. Now watch this. It literally comes from the Hebrew word Barak, which is actually spelled uh, very much like our president's name minus the C. It means abundantly. Please understand, you were not, not created to be in stress. You were not created to be in strain. You were not created to live in struggle. God says he wants you to have abundance, which means whatever I need, I got more than what it is I actually need. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Which means if I need peace, I got abundant peace. If I need joy, I've got abundant joy. If I need some dough, some ray, and some me, I've got abundance. Such a neighbor say abundance is yours. But it means all together. It means at all. It means to congratulate great, to make great, and to salute. Now, these are the literal definitions of this word Barak. Say Barak. God says, I want you to be abundant. I want you to be all together. Let me say it another way. I want you to have your stuff together. I want to congratulate you. I want to make you great, and I'm saluting you. Now, this is interesting because literally when this word Barak is mentioned in the scripture, the inference is that God is saluting you. Now, I have a question. Why would the creation of everything salute one of his creations? It makes no sense. Why would a superior salute an inferior? Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. In other words, God says when he made you, he thought so much of you that when he looked at you, he didn't just say it's good. He saluted you and said, I'm blessing you to be a blessing. You're not hearing me. 
Jeremiah says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you and I sanctified you and ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. What does that mean? Before you ever got a body, you were in heaven with God. And God looked at you and said, you're the man for the job right now. You're the woman for the job right now. And he saluted you as your commander in chief. And then he sent you down the birth canal of a woman and said, be born on such and such date and such and such time and such and such month. Would you high five your neighbor and say, I was born for such a time as this? God saluted you and said, get down to earth and handle your business. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm here to handle business. Yes, I am. Now watch this. The blessing is singular. I need to build a foundation here. The blessing is singular. Say singular. And blessings are the manifestation of the blessing. Let me make it very clean, to, uh, very plain to you. Deuteronomy eleven twenty six. I said before you, life and death, blessing and the curse. Which means, watch this. You're not, you cannot walk in both at the same time. You're either walking in the blessing or you're walking in the curse. You cannot walk in both of them simultaneously. So you cannot say, well, this area of my life is blessed, but this area is not. No, that, that can't be true, predicated upon what Deuteronomy 11:26 said. It says that you're either in one or you're in the other. Bishop, why is that important? Because the blessing, watch this, is not material things. The blessing is an empowerment to prosper, do well, and be whole. Which means, watch this, uh, what you often call blessings or material things, they're not really blessings. They are the manifestation of the blessing. They are the manifestation of you taking territory, fighting battles, and conquering enemies. Which means, watch this, when you get a new car, don't say that's the blessing. No, you're not, that, 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 that's inaccurate. Instead, that's the manifestation of the blessing. You're not hearing what I'm saying. If you get a new job, don't say, but that's a blessing. No, that's the manifestation of the blessing. Because I'm blessed, they had to provide somewhere for me. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. Touch your neighbor and say, the blessing is on you. It's on you. It's on you. So then material things now are not blessings. You got to take territory. If you want, it, watch this, please understand. God told Joshua, he said, Joshua, wherever you set your foot, I'm going to give it to you. Now, here's the trip about it. Uh, he said, now you can put your foot there, but you're going to have to fight to take it. So I got a question for you because a lot of people are sitting back saying, well, Lord, when is this going to happen for me? And when is this going to happen for me? And when is this going to happen for me? And God is looking back at you and saying, when are you going to take some territory? Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? We often like to celebrate that we are more than conquerors. But do you understand what that means? To be more than a conqueror means I had to actually get out to fight and I had to win the fight. And then I had to outlive the fight to tell you that I made it through the fight. I wish you'd have to have your neighbor and say you are more than a conqueror. But that means you've got to fight. Stop sitting back saying, I'm waiting on God. God is looking at you and saying, I'm waiting on you to take some territory. I'm waiting on you to get up off of your blessed assurance and shake something, do something, move something, make something happen. He's already blessed you. How about three people say, you're already blessed. You're already blessed. What else do you want him to do? He's already died for you. He already paid the price for you. What else do you want him to do? If you believe this down in the very gut of yourself, would you shout out, I'm blessed? Let me try this side because they ain't saying nothing. If you believe this all the way deep on the inside, would you shout, I'm blessed? I'm blessed. Watch this now. Watch this now. The blessing is the realm of life or shalom. Shalom now is peace in Hebrew. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking all as well. Say nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking all as well. But then now watch this. Then you have the curse, which is the realm of death. This is the realm where everything's missing, everything's lacking, ain't nothing right. Now check this out. Check this out. It is the realm of stress, pain, and mess. Say the blessing, life. The curse, death. 
Now, before I keep going, I just need to check the room. Is there anybody where you say, I'm sick and tired of a bunch of death and stress and mess and drama? No, no, this ain't the right room. God bless you. Good morning. Good afternoon. Thanks for coming, but this must not be the right church. I'm going to ask one more again. Is there anybody that's in here that says, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired about the same drama, about the same issues, about the same mess? And today, somebody shout today. Today it all changes. Why? Because I'm getting ready to choose the blessing. All right, I'll keep preaching. Watch this. Watch this now. The blessing is something that you are. Watch this. It is something that you walk in. Watch this. In other words, the blessing is, a, is, is, is beyond what the definitions I've already given you. The blessing is a state of mind. Yeah, I've met people that they could do anything. You throw anything at them, they're going to figure it out. I've been like that. I've been like that. I've been, I, that that's, that's sort of the MO. That's my MO. You can throw anything at me. I guarantee you I'm going to figure it out and figure out how to do it better than you. <laughs> Y'all not saying that to me? Anybody else like that? You, you're like, I'll figure that out. Now, I may not know how to do it right now. Give me an hour in Google. Come on, fellas. I got some men in our church that are like that. Like, I may not know how to do it right now, but just give me two butter knives and a fork, and I tell you. So now watch this, watch this. That's because the mentality I have adapted in my life is that I am blessed. I am the blessing, which means there is nothing that comes my way that I can't figure out. There's nothing that comes my way that I'm not going to be able to navigate through. Why? Because I think blessed. But then you ever met somebody where they couldn't do nothing? Everything was a challenge. Oh, I've never done that before. Ooh, ooh, I'm so scared. I'm so, what what you scared of? You did ask the Lord to use you. Well, I got a question. What you ask for for if you don't want him to use you? Say, I think blessed. Which means even when something comes against you because you think blessed, you look at it and say, now, wait a minute. I, I, I got a relative who, who, who they, they often say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Tell his name, say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Bishop, why are we taking a wait a minute? Let me tell you why we're taking a wait a minute. Because even if something comes against you, when you think blessed, you'll say, wait a minute. Now, I know this looks like it's here to take me out. But because I'm blessed, I know it don't have the power to take me out. What I need to do is step back from that thing and look at it from another angle. Because this ain't taking me out. It's getting ready to take me up. I, I wish there was a few people in here that knew whatever is coming against you. Because you think blessed. It ain't here to take you out. It's here to take you. Shout, I'm blessed. So I says everywhere in scripture then where we see the blessing, it is talking to us. Say the blessing. So what I wanted to do as we kick this series off is I wanted to go back to Genesis so we can see the origin of the blessing. Genesis, you see the word gene there and the etymological breakdown of the word, which means the origin of things, the beginning of things. Now watch this. Genesis 1-1 says, in the beginning, what? Oh God, we don't know it. So put up Genesis 1-1. Sunday school starts next week. And I'm going to have a mean Sunday school teacher in there too. Sit down! I'm just joking. In the beginning, God created the what? Go to verse 2. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters. Now, check this out. Here's what's interesting. In between Genesis 1-1 and in between Genesis 1-2, there is a chasm of time for which we have no quantitative measurement to be able to identify how much time it was. 
Bishop, why is that important to know? Because Noah's flood was not the first flood. How do you know that, Bishop? Because if you keep on reading, you'll discover that the land came up out of the water, which means the earth had been flooded. Bishop, why is that important to know? What I love about God is God is so good. God will have a new beginning, and, and you won't even know that he had a new beginning. I didn't say that the right way. Let me say it another way. God is so awesome that there could be some mess and drama going on, but your God is so strong and so mighty that what should look like it should be drama and mess and all that, he'll cover that and just skip a verse. So now watch this. Let's track this word blessing. Say the blessing. All right, here we go. Genesis 1.22. This is the first time we see the word blessing appear in Scripture. And remember, it is that Hebrew word what? Barak. Say it with me. Say it again. Barak. Say it again. Barak. Not Baruch. That's different. This is Barak. And God blessed them, saying, "Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let the uh, and let birds multiply on the earth." What's he talking about? Well, now y'all, some of y'all know because you're here. Some are gonna be like us. Okay. All right. He's actually talking about the animals. Now, 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 check this out. Uh, uh, check this out. That's nice. Somebody say that's nice. So God actually blesses the animals. That's interesting. Any animal lovers in here? God bless y'all. Yesterday I was driving, not yesterday, some other day, I was, I was driving down the, uh, I was driving down the, uh, the street, and, and I looked over to my right. And I said, wow, that's a hairy person <laughs> from first glance. Then I looked again and said, oh, that's a dog. Oh, and they have a seatbelt on it like it should be sitting in the front seat. I, now, I don't understand that. That's just me. Thank God for him. But what does that have to do with anything? Nothing. I just was trying to figure out why a dog. And he was sitting there just, you know, just. Like, what's up, Bishop? <laughs> she would do that to me? What was she? All right, Genesis 1 through 3. So, so God blesses the animals, but here's what I want you to see from this particular verse, verse 23. The, so the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Now, there's two things I want you to see from this verse. Say the blessing. The first thing is the evening and the morning were the fifth day, which means God always starts tomorrow the night before. Which means, please understand, if you were not here for last New Year's Eve, you got to get that teaching about command your year. Because watch this. If you're praying about Monday, by the time Monday's here, it's too late. God starts a day the day before, which means tonight at 6 p.m., it's Monday according to God's calendar. But the second thing I want you to see is that it was the fifth day. Now, this is significant because the first time the word blessing is mentioned, it is mentioned in the fifth day. And five in biblical numerology is the number of grace. It is the number of favor. It is the number of the blessing. So why are you showing this to us, Bishop? Because its first reference in the entirety of the Bible had to do with the number five. Say the number five. That's God's grace. That's God's favor. That is the blessing. But now let's keep tracking it. Genesis 127. Here's the next time it appears. So God created man in his own image. In the image of uh, God, he created them. The male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. Say he blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion. What does dominion mean, Bishop? Absolute power over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Look at me, Harvest. God says to Adam, he's speaking to mankind. Please understand. He says to mankind, I'm blessing you. I'm barocking you. I'm saluting you. 
I'm empowering you to prosper, to do well, and to be made whole. And I'm giving you that blessing so you can have dominion. What does that mean, Bishop? It means that if you're sick of something in your life, I'm here to tell you rather than complaining about it, you ought to look at it and say, I've got dominion over you. I've got dominion over this circumstance. I've got dominion over this situation. Why? Because when he blessed me, he told me I also had absolute power. Would you have five your neighbor and say, you've got the power? I got, yes, sir, you got it? He blessed mankind. Now, 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 let's track it. I got to move, so I don't run out of time. Let's track it. Say, we're tracking the blessing. So he blesses the animals, but he blesses them on the fifth day, which establishes the number five as being a number of favor, a number of grace, a number of the blessing. But then he blesses mankind. Now, he blesses Adam, and he places Adam in this place called Eden. Eden in Hebrew means the land of voluptuous living. That, 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 I, I love that word voluptuous because we don't often use that word very often in our culture except, you know, perhaps for certain different things that we may use it for in our culture. Whatever those things might be. But, 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 but now watch this, watch this, watch this. God says, I placed Adam in a place of voluptuous living. Which means I, did, I gave Adam the best possible start he could have had. But Adam didn't want to live like the prince that he was. He wanted to live like a pauper. So in him making that decision, uh, he chooses to do some things that, that get the blessing off track. But I want to continue to track it so that we can see it. Uh, he blesses the animals on the what day? Then he blesses what? Mankind. He blesses Adam. Adam, uh, Adam or Adam was not just the name of that man. It was the name of mankind. Got it? Now let's track it. Genesis 2, 3. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all the work which God had created and made. Watch this. God blesses now not just man, not just the animals, not just on the fifth day, but God actually blesses the day. Now, here's why that's significant. It means every day that comes your way, you've got the power to bless. So stop waking up and saying, well, you know, whatever the day throws at me. No, forget that. I blessed the day before it got here, which means if something seemingly negative happens in the day, it ain't negative because I blessed it. And since I blessed it, even negatives turn to positives for me. I wish you look at your neighbor and say, bless the day before it gets here. Which means tonight, when the sun gets ready to go down, you start talking to your Monday and declare, I declare Monday is a great day of favor for I, for, for me and my family. I declare that Monday is a great day of favor for our church. I declare that Monday is a day of healing. It's a day of breakthrough. Touch your neighbor and say, bless the day. Which means stop just letting life throw whatever it's going to throw at you. Where are the people that can get violent about life and say, you know what, baby? I'm not just going to take life lying down. I'm not just going to let it do what it's going to do to me. No, I'm not the one. I'm too grown for this. I figured out I'm blessed. Say bless the day. But then notice that the Lord, he blessed, it's the seventh day that he blessed. And the seventh day, seven now becomes the biblical number of uh, completion. But watch this. It's interesting because the Lord rested. Watch this. Because he was done, not because he was tired. Which means the blessing gives you the ability to last. The blessing gives you the ability to make it. Touch your neighbor and say, the blessing gives you endurance. It's too many folk talking about you tired, but you ain't done yet. How you sitting here tired and discouraged and talking about I don't want to live no more? You ain't done nothing yet. It ain't time to rest. It's time to. Touch your neighbor and say, you're not tired. That was the wrong neighbor. Shake somebody's arm like you're going to shake it off. Tell them, say, you're not tired. Say, the blessing's on you. Which means you got the power to endure. 
which means there's some enemies that the truth is that enemy you just gonna have to outlast ain't nobody gonna help me today there's some enemies you're gonna have to say well I told you to leave and you ain't left yet so since you're still here I'm gonna outlast you but since the blessings on me I'm like the energizer bunny I just keep Watch this, watch this. But then, I got to track it. Then in Genesis 9, 1, say the blessing. He blesses Noah. So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So now God blesses this man named Noah. It literally now, Genesis 9, is the genesis of the Noadic covenant. The Noadic covenant now is where God makes this covenant with man to where God looks at man and he's like, you know what? This really isn't working out. And so God floods the whole earth except for Noah and his sons. And their spouses, respectively. And then, of course, you know the story with the ark. Now, here's what's interesting. The blessing came on a man. Watch this. Say, say the Lord blessed Noah. Now, now, part of that covenant with Noah was such that God said, I'll never flood the earth again. And a guarantee of that promise is the rainbow. Now, I don't know about you, but, but last time it rained, I remember seeing a rainbow. Now, why did the rainbow have to happen? It had to happen because that was the blessing manifesting itself where God says, I'll never destroy the earth again. Now, watch this. Let's track it. Say we're tracking it. All right, here it is. Genesis 12.1. This is perhaps the most important piece to this thing. Genesis 12.1. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house to a land I will show you. Now, I've taught you this a million times. Abram's daddy, whose name was Terah, was dead. Say he's dead. Now, this is a trip. Why is the Lord asking him to get away from his father's house and his father is dead? It's because the Lord was telling him, you need to get away from your jacked up bloodline because the way they think is what has you messed up. If you're truthful about your, okay. If you're truthful, some of the worst decisions you've made came from folk with your same blood because they gave you their opinions, but their opinions weren't scripture. Their opinions were their own limitations and boundaries that they wanted to impose on you. And so because they couldn't do it, they want to impose on you that you can't do it either. So the Lord says to Abram, now notice his name hasn't been changed to Abraham yet. Uh, the significance of the H was that Abram was in covenant with Yah. God is not God's name. It is a century Germanic term from the word Gudam, which means source or deity. So now watch this. When we see uh, Abram uh, and Abraham, the significance of the difference is the, the H. Well, what does the H do, Bishop? It means Abram is in covenant with Yah. But that doesn't happen yet. I just want to explain to you why it says Abram and not Abraham. Now, the Lord said to Abram, get away from your crazy kinfolk and the way they think. To a land I'm going to show you. Watch this. Why are you trying to do that? You ain't got to do all that. Just come over here with us. You don't really, no, you ain't got, well, you're just trying to do too much. You just think you grand, huh? Oh, you think you better than us because you go to church and serve God, huh? He said, Abram, get away from them. They crazy. Look at verse 2. I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Now, here's what I want you to see real quickly. The blessing gives you opportunities that aren't available to others. I said, the blessing will give you opportunities that aren't available for others. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you. I will barack those who barack you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Say, Bishop, why is Abraham so important? 
I'm going to tell you why. Because it is through the blessing God put on Abraham some 5,000 years ago that you and I are entitled to the blessing today. I'm going to say it again. It is through the blessing God put on this man, Abraham. That's why you need to understand your life is not just about you. Your life is about all the generations that are going to come after you. You're going to be a Bible that somebody's reading one day. Y'all not saying nothing to me. Now watch this. He blesses Abraham. Now watch Galatians 3.29. They're going to put it up on the screens for you. I need you to see this. Say Abraham's important. In fact, Abraham's pretty much a big, big deal. And if you are Christ, now what does that mean? If you're a Christian. And if you're not, if you're in the auditorium or if you're in one of the overflow areas. If you're a Christian, then read the next part. You are what? Abraham's what? What does seed mean? Offspring. So if you're a Christian, then you're Abraham's offspring. Well, why is that significant? Remember when God blessed Noah? He blessed Noah and his what? Sons. Which means the blessing is generational. And he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Say it's generational. Come on, Harvard, say it's generational. So check this out. If I'm Abraham's offspring, then that means I am the seed or the offspring or the generation after Abraham. Which means whatever he told Abraham, it was just as if he was telling me. So when he said, I'll bless you, he wasn't just telling Abraham. He was telling you and you and you and you. And when he said, I'll curse anybody that comes against you, he wasn't just telling Abraham. He was telling you and you. But look, he says, and you are heirs according to the promise. Now, you know what an heir is? An heir means that, watch this, somebody left you something. And I was telling him this morning about uh, if you're an entrepreneur or you're in business, sometimes you collect your receivables up front, right? When you go to McDonald's, they collect receivables up front. You don't get your, you don't get your meal until they get their money. Okay? If you go to, if you go to five uh, Different folks that make burgers and fries. If you go to different places, right? Okay, all right, please understand. They get their receivables up front, then you get your goods. But some businesses, watch this, you may receive a service or a product or a benefit, and they invoice you. Anybody got an invoice for something? And with that invoice, that's called in business a receivable. Now, check this out. Whenever you're looking at the books or the P&L statement, the profit and loss statement, it would be called, as it relates to business, whenever you're looking at the books, here's what happens, is that you don't just have what's physically in the bank. Your P&L and your balance sheet will reflect that you have some receivables that are due you. So you may only have $100 in the bank, but you may have $25,000 in receivables that are due you. Listen, what are you trying to say? The scripture says that you and I are heirs according to the promise. What does that mean? Since we are born again. Okay. Apparently, okay, let me back it up. Now, hello, everybody. And heirs. Say, I'm an heir. Well, to be an heir, somehow, someway, somebody, that means left you something. Which means, watch this, there's some stuff that's do you. Why is it do me, Bishop? Because I've been so good? Nope. It's do you simply because you've been born again. 
That's why becoming a Christian is called the process of being born again. Why? Because your old bloodline was insufficient. But when you come into Jesus the Christ, he now makes you an heir, which means you got some stuff that's due you. And it's due you simply because you were born. I was telling them this morning, uh, I heard a story secondhand, and uh, I won't even say the name because I heard the story secondhand, and I really don't like saying things that I haven't personally verified. Uh, but, but they were talking about this wealthy person who was wealthy, and they were trying to figure out how this person was wealthy. I mean, they were just uber wealthy. I mean, just so wealthy that, you know, they could lose a million dollars and be like, what happened? I don't know. I mean, you know things happen. Don't worry about it. It's just a cool million. Wouldn't it... Would, wouldn't it be nice in your life to lose a million and be like, ah, small potatoes. Don't worry. See, thank you for the four y'all they received. And they were talking about this wealthy man. They said, how does this man, how is it that this man is successful? And how is it that this man is rich? So the man was telling the story. And the man said, well, my grandfather started a company. Or my great-grandfather started a company. My grandfather took it over. He almost went to bankruptcy and all this. And then my daddy took it over. And the wealthy man said, all I did was be born. He said, I was born rich. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? When you're born again, there's some stuff that's due you simply because you've been born again. And your problem is you keep saying, well, but I didn't earn it. I didn't earn it. I didn't earn it. Shut your doggone mouth. It ain't about what you earn. It's about the fact that you've been born again. Touch your neighbor. Say, you've got some stuff due you. You got some peace that's due you, some joy that's due you, some real estate that's due you, some land that's due you. All right, all right, watch this. So watch this, Bishop. The blessing then is an equalizer. Say it's an equalizer. Uh, now let me ask you something. Anybody ever made mistakes, have failures? Anybody got, anybody got some B.C. stuff before Christ? Anybody got some, you know, some A.C. stuff after Christ? Anybody got some T.M. stuff this morning? <laughs> now, here's the question. How is it? That you can, let me make it modern for my young people. How is it that you can start from the bottom? Okay, let me go back another generation. How is it you can be dealt a bad hand? How is it that you can be, let's go back another generation. How is it that you can be born by the river? So I got everybody right. How is it that you can have a less than savory past and still believe you're going to succeed in life? One answer, the blessing. The blessing is an equalizer. Bishop, how is it an equalizer? Abraham was a liar. Abraham had a bunch of issues. Abraham had a bunch of problems. But in spite of him, the Lord still chose to bless him. And somebody in here needs to know today, you've been beating yourself up because you made some mistakes and you've had some failures and you've had some faux pas. I got an announcement for you. God says to you, I still chose you and I'm still going to bless you. Not because of you, but because you were born again. And because you were born again, there's some stuff that's due you. High five, somebody say, it's due you. Now watch this. I got, I got to move on. Genesis 12, 4. Here's the next thing the blessing does. It makes up for wasted time. I don't know about you, but I don't like wasting time. Anybody else like that? I really don't like wasting time. I don't like it when it takes people a long time to do what should take them real short to do. And so the Lord's been working with me about patience forever. And, and so I've been learning my lessons. I've been getting my lessons about patience. Because I just don't like it when it takes people a long time to do what should take them real short. Like, what are you in there doing? 
Now, I calculated. That's going to take you two minutes and 42 seconds. Now, now watch this. Watch this. Even at a restaurant, you know, it's like, okay, did y'all go catch the lobster out the ocean and fly it back? Because I'm just trying to figure out what's taking so long. Here's the point. I'm being facetious. I'm trying to make a point. Watch this. Um, If you've ever wasted time in life, you can sometimes look back with regret. Have you ever done that? Somebody was telling me about a song the other day somebody wrote, and and I don't want to misquote it. They were saying, like, it's going to take a whole year to see what's, okay, yeah. Okay, I don't know know which words. That's all I remember. It's going to take a whole year to get over something. That's all. (laughs) Watch this. Anybody wasted time? I got good news for you. The blessing makes up for wasted time. Let me show you this. Genesis 12, 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Now, Lot is Abraham's nephew. Haran is Lot's, uh, uh, or excuse me, is Abram's brother, and uh, Lot is Abram's nephew. Now, take this out. Haran died. Say he died. And he takes Lot, his nephew, with him. Now, here's what you need to know. Lot's name in Hebrew means hidden agenda, hidden motives. So Abram departed as the Lord told him, and he took hidden motives with him. And Abraham was 75 years old. Read this last part with me. I don't hear nobody. Okay, now watch this. Here's what you need to know. This wasn't God's first time telling Abraham to do that. Go back to Genesis 12.1. Genesis 12.1. Genesis 12.1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family, from your father's house to a land I will show you. If you read that, doesn't it look like this is the first time God's saying that? Okay, nobody else, just just those 10, 15 people? Okay, watch this. Acts 7-2. Let me show you something. Can I show you something? Acts 7-2. And he said, brethren and fathers, listen. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran and said to him, get out of your country from your relatives and come to a land I will show you. What does verse 2 say? Before he did what? Before he dwelt where? In Haran. Okay, go back to Genesis 12, 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Nope, we missed it. That's okay. That's good. You're going to learn today. Acts 7, 2. Here it is. And he said, brethren and fathers, listen. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia. When? Before he ever went to Haran. And what did he tell them? Get away from them crazy relatives and the crazy way they think. Genesis 12, 4. Shalom on now. Genesis 12, 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. Which means God told him before he ever went to Haran not to do that because God was trying to save him some trouble. But he didn't listen the first time, so he had trouble. But what I love about our God is that when the blessing is on you, is that even when you make a mistake and waste time, God still doesn't have a second chance. He's got another chance. The blessing will make up for wasted time. Did you get that? So God appeared to him before he ever got to Haran, which means when he's spoken to in Haran, he was in a place of disobedience. Touch your neighbor and say, now is not the time for your disobedience. Tell him you're too close. 
All right, let me talk to somebody on the internet because they ain't saying nothing. Now is not the time for your disobedience. You are closer now than you've ever been to that thing manifesting in your life. I'm talking about that thing that keeps you up at night. I'm talking about that thing that makes you pray. I'm talking about that thing that you're saying, God, when are you going to do this for me? You're too close now, and you don't have time to be disobedient. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Here's the next thing the blessing does. The blessing calls you to be successful and spiritual. Say, I can be successful and spiritual. Now, check this out. A lot of times, especially if you grew up in an old-time religion kind of environment, you, you just was trying to die to go to heaven. So you just put up with whatever hell you had to go through on earth and just say, oh, I can't wait to die to get over there. And here's the funny thing. A lot of people are going to get up there, and God's going to be like, what are you doing here? Lord, I'm just waiting for my mansion. It ain't ready yet. What do you mean it ain't ready yet? You ain't scheduled to be here yet. You had more stuff to handle on earth. You're here early. Okay, all right, all right, watch this. <laughs> Genesis 13, 1. A lot of times people think you can't be both successful and spiritual. A lot of times people think it's either or. Say it's not either or. It's and. You can be both successful and spiritual. It, it's not, well, you can either be, uh, have some money or, or love God. Mm-mm, it's not either or, it's and. I get to have some money and love God. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Now listen, you listen. Look at your neighbor. Say, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't mind some extra money. That was apparently the wrong neighbor. Let me talk to somebody else. Listen, now listen. If you want to be broke, you can be broke by yourself. But since I can read, I found out. Say, I get to be successful and spiritual. Genesis 13, 1. Then Abraham went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all that, uh, that he had, and Lot went with him to the south. Look at verse 2. I want you to read it. 1, 2, ready, read. Now, wait a minute. When did he get blessed? Chapter 12? What chapter we in? 13? Which means the blessing had been on him for a little bit, but look what it had done. And Abraham was very rich in what? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Read verse 3. I'll read verse 4. To the place of the altar which he made there at first, and Abraham called on the name of the Lord. Check this out. Abraham is both successful with riches, material things, but he is also spiritual because he built an altar. You get to be both successful and spiritual. It's not either or, it's and. Don't think that to be successful, you, you have to leave God. No, not true. And don't think that it's vice versa. You get to be both at the same time. Say, so that's the blessing. All right, let's move on. Genesis 13, 14. Here's the next thing the blessing does. It removes the wrong people. Genesis 13, 14. And the Lord said to Abraham, when? After Lot separated from him. Now, remember, Lot's name means what? Hidden motives or hidden agendas. Check this out. The Lord stopped speaking to Abram for a few verses until the hidden motives and agendas weren't around him anymore. Can I suggest to you that sometimes if you feel confused, it might be because God says you've got a lot around you. And I'm not telling you because you'll tell them and they'll talk you out of what I tell you. 
And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift up now your eyes and look for the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. The blessing gets rid of people in your life that have hidden motives and hidden agendas. Okay, can y'all not hear? Is, is there no, no here? They don't speak of the king's English here? No? Okay. Touch your neighbor and say, the blessing gets rid of the wrong people. So the next time somebody walks out of your life, don't you chase them, don't you text them, don't you email, don't you do none of that. You just thank them. The blessing. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. You ought to look at them and say, thank you, because you just proved to me that the blessing's working for me because the blessing kicked you to the curb so I didn't have to. The blessing did for me what I probably didn't have the strength to do for myself. Shout the blessing. Because there's some people God knows you got too much mercy and compassion for and that you won't put them in their place the way they're supposed to. So sometimes the blessing will show up and do for you what you won't do for yourself. Here's the next thing. I got to move. Genesis 14, 18. We're tracking the what? The blessing. What's that Hebrew word? Barak. What is it? An empowerment to do well, to prosper, to be made whole. Here it is. Genesis 14, 18. I got to make sure we get all this into you. It delivers your enemies into your hand. The blessing delivers your enemies into your hand. I said, the blessing delivers your enemies into your hand. Now, here's the trip about that. For your enemy to be delivered into your hand means you had to get out there to fight. Stop thinking that if you're blessed, you, every day should just be tipped on through the tulips. Evidence that you're blessed is that even when the enemies show up, you're like. I got that. Just shrug your shoulders. I, I got that. Man, people say, I, you know, you, you get on my nerve. I'm sorry, what, what you want me to do about that? <laughs> when enemies come against you, the blessing delivers your enemies to your hands. Genesis 14, 18. Then Melchizedek. Melchizedek is a joint Hebrew word, which means king and priest. And look, it explains itself. King of Salem, which was early Jerusalem. Brought out bread and wine. He was the high priest of God most high. Check this out. This one man operated in two realms as both a king and a priest. This one man, watch this question, where did he come from? He just appears in the Bible and disappears as quickly as he appears. Because Melchizedek, if you study it in Hebrews 7, was a type of Jesus before Jesus ever got here in flesh. That's why Hebrews 7, 3 says he was without father and without mother and without genealogy. And he was made like the son of God. Well, well, it was Jesus. So go back to Genesis 14, 18. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. What's that? Communion. He was the high priest of God most high. Look at the next verse. And he blessed him. Who's he blessing? Abram. And said, blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of what? Heaven and earth. Verse 20, and blessed be God most high who has delivered your what? Enemies into your hand. Now, if we had time to go see what happened, there was a battle. Say there was a battle. But Abraham, uh, let, me, let me say it like this. Abraham handled some business. Abraham was like, I know you think I'm, I'm, I'm a pushover because I'm blessed. But Abram was like, see me outside. See, it's some folk that underestimate you because they think, well, you're blessed and you're a Christian. But, but what they don't know is that it's a fight on the inside of you. 
Now check this out. Here's what happens. He delivers your enemies into your hands. I gave this analogy earlier. I don't have the time to do it now. But literally, what this means is that God says, whatever your enemies using against you. I was telling this morning, I was, I was over the last few days trying to just recuperate and get 100% and get well. And so I was on Netflix. And on Netflix, they had Batman Returns. And so, you know, I like Batman, you know, because that is a realistic superhero. Now it can really happen. Somebody could be doing that right now today. Somebody could be doing that. Superman, no way, Jose. Green Lantern, come on, really? Spider-Man, who likes spiders? So the point is, none of, those are, none of those are realistic. No, it's just the truth. You should read your Bibles. It's in there. So we have dominion over the scorpions and, and, and spiders. Who are they? So God wouldn't want a superhero. Now, bats, though, that's different. So <laughs> I'm being funny. And, and y'all remember the penguin, how he had uh, uh, the penguin. Go and give it to me. I, I said I didn't have time, but let me go and make time. Y'all remember how the penguin, how his weapon was, uh, by the way, commercial break brought to you by half of the Harvest Bookstore and Cafe. 20% off of uh, umbrellas this week in the bookstore. <laughs> now, y'all remember how the penguin, how he had his umbrellas and his umbrellas were his weapon? And I was looking at Batman Returns, and he had that one where he did the little kick-out thing, and it kicked, and it started flying. I was like, wow, I'm going to tell my, somebody in my staff's going to have to find me one of those because that's cool. Check this out. What God does is when the blessing's on you, touch your neighbor and say, it's on you. Touch the other neighbor and say, it's on you. Whatever weapons your enemies are using against you, like this here, what God will do is turn it around and say, what they were using to try to destroy you, you get to use against them, which means if people start throwing your past in your face, say, you know what? Thank you. That's the blessing. I sure did used to be that, but I'm blessed now. I did that, did that, did that, did that, did that too, but I'm blessed now. I wish you just look at your neighbor and say, you got to reverse it. That was the wrong number. Take your neighbor and say, you got to reverse it. He'll take what was trying to get rid of you and mess you up and use it for your good. I got to move. Here's the next thing. The blessing. Say the blessing. Now watch this. It's activated through your tithing. We're just tracking it through Genesis. Now watch this. Genesis 14, 20. Look at this verse. And blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand and he gave them a what? Tithe of all. So take this out. Today, the activator for your blessing. Y'all remember Curl Activator? Now, if you don't know what Curl Activator is, you go, on, go on Netflix and look at the movie Coming to America. And you can let my, I, I sure can't sing it today, but y'all sing it. Just let your. Mm, okay, let's not do that. So, <laughs> follow the drip, follow the drip, follow the drip. Okay, the tithe is the activator for the blessing. Look at it, Genesis 14, 20. And blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies in your hand. And he gave them what? Tithe of all. Which means, watch this. I'm going to challenge you. If you're not a tithe, I'm going to challenge you to do it today. Because the tithe is the activator for the blessing. Abraham tithed years before there was ever a Moses, before there was ever a Torah. Some people say, oh, that's old covenant. Well, just let me help school you real quick. There's not a covenant named old out of the seven major covenants of Scripture. It's only referred to as the old and the new in Hebrews simply to make a differential between the Mosaic covenant or the Torah and the renewed covenant, which is Jesus. FYI. Are you still here? All right, let's track it. Genesis 24.1. I got to get all this too. You learning? You sure? Genesis 24.1. Now, Abram was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in what? In what things? Now, Abraham was old, well advanced in age, which means uh, the blessing, watch this, will have you looking young. 
That's why when folks look at you, they'll be like, no, do you, you got five kids. How in the world you got two kids? Da, da. Touch them, just say, that's the blessing. Don't be talking about you got good genes. No, that's the blessing. Because there's some other folk that's in your bloodline too that they don't. But here's the other part. The Lord blessed him in what? All things, which means everything can be blessed. Conversely, then, anything can be cursed. All right, watch this. Which means, doesn't it say, bless your food? Okay, you know why we bless our food? Because it can be blessed. Which means, watch this, please understand, if anything was wrong with it when they brought it out to me, when I blessed it, you don't know what they're back there doing? And to be told, I don't want to know. I just want to have my own parallel reality about how they sanitize every time they touch something, how they wear gloves. I just want to imagine it the way I imagine it in my mind. I don't want to know. He can bless, uh, the Lord blessed him in what? All things. Which means you bless your food. Parents, you bless your children before they leave. You bless them. You lay your hands on them and you bless them. He says, I just pray for my son. That ain't blessing. He said, I bless my son. I bless my daughter in the name of Jesus before they leave. If you're a single parent, you bless them. If you're a father, bless them. Whatever. You bless them. Please understand. You can bless your car. Versus cussing it out because it won't start up. Just bless it. Oh, don't look at me like you ain't had a conversation with your automobile. You can bless your home. Please understand. Don't just let everybody and anybody up in your house. They bringing all kind of stuff up in your house. And you wondering, I wasn't stressed out until Sick and Shade came up in here. And now I'm stressed out and mad as heaven. And while I'm on it, since y'all ain't saying nothing, when your friends bring their friends, their friends should have to be blessed before they come up in the house too. And another thing, when you send your kids to other people's houses, when they come back to you, you need to bless them. You don't know what they've been up over there. That's why sometimes your kids come back, you like, I don't know what y'all was doing over there at little Susie's house. But over here? So literally, 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 in, in my home, literally, I have a bottle of a Norton oil at the entrance, at the entrance of my house. And you come to my home, that's real nice, all that, that's real nice. There's the oil. I don't know what you got on you, and all I know is up in here ain't nothing but taking over and kings and priests. See, so I don't know what you got, so there's the oil. For people come to my office, I, I don't care if they've been in my office seven times that day, get the oil. Because maybe in between one of them breaks, something slipped in. Okay, y'all laughing, but... <laughs> Watch this. If anything can be blessed, anything can be cursed. Watch this. Your workplace. Some of you need to go to your jobs tomorrow and bless it. Before you get there, you just need to get there. Matter of fact, you need to get there 30, 45 minutes early before anybody get there. So that you can get it and they won't even know what's going on. They're going to get at their computers and be like, what is all this oil on my seat? The oil, by the way, was just a point of contact to transfer the blessing. Watch this. Your clothes can be blessed. Anything can be blessed. Conversely, anything can be cursed, which brings us to Genesis 25, 11. The blessing is transferable. Say it's transferable. And it came to pass after the death of Abraham that God blessed what? His son, Isaac. And Isaac dwelt at Bear Lehi Roi. Watch this. The blessing's transferable, 
which means if the blessing's transferable, so is the curse. Now, check this out. The reason it's so important you're careful of the people that are around you in your life is because if the curse is transferable and the blessing is transferable, watch this, the transfer could occur without you even knowing it. Which means, watch this, watch this, please understand. When negative people get around negative people, have you ever noticed how you look at them and be like, so-and-so wasn't like that until they got around them? Y'all going to leave me hanging like that? Wow. Because the blessing is transferable, but so is then the curse. So what is the curse? This is the the inverse of the blessing. It's an empowerment to fail. Now look at this. I got to keep moving. Genesis, y'all learning? Genesis 26, 12. The blessing will cause others to envy you and to attempt to sabotage you. See, stop saying, why are are people coming against me? Why folk messing with me? You ever thought that to yourself? Like, I don't mess with nobody. I just mind my business. Why folk got it? Why, why, why are they starting stuff? Because your neighbor said, that's the blessing. So you wouldn't really know how potent it is unless it's challenged. Genesis 26, 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in that year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued to prosper until he became very prosperous. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. Now the Philistines stopped up the wells which his father's servants had dug in the, day, dug in the days of Abraham his father. And they had filled them with earth. And Abimelech said to Isaac, get away from us. You're too mighty. You're more mighty than we are. Go back to verse 15. Now Isaac has been blessed, right? Huh? Huh? (laughs) Come on, y'all got to talk. Now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells with the father's servant had dug in the days of Abraham his father. They had filled them with earth. Go to verse 14. For he had possessions of flocks, herds, great number of servants. So they did what? Envied him. Envy by definition means somebody is discontent because of your advantages. Watch this. If there's nobody envying you, I'm going to tell you, the blessing ain't flowing yet. Bishop, how do I know that I'm blessed? Somebody's discontent about your advantages. How'd you get that? You got a record. You got this. You got that. You got this. You got that. You did this. how you get that? I got one answer for you. The blessing. Well, how is it working for you and not working for us? The blessing? They attempted to sabotage him, so the wells that were dug, so they couldn't receive any water, they filled them with dirt and said, we're going to mess him up. Here's what I love about it. It's the next next principle of the blessing. The blessing causes increase. Say increase. Genesis 26, 12. I want you to read it. One, two, ready, read. Some of y'all, it's like, okay, uh, like you're having a hard time believing this stuff, okay? If you're going to choose any part of the Bible not to believe, believe the hell part. Don't believe the hell part. Now, just so I'm clear, that's real. Somebody going. Doesn't ever say, I hope it ain't you. Now, somebody going to hell. I, no, I hope it ain't you. But, but if you're going to choose a part not to believe, don't make this the part. This is the part you need to believe, <laughs> Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in, in that same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Look at Genesis, Genesis 26, 1. There was a what? 
Verse 12. But Isaac sowed. Go back to verse 1. It was recession. People were getting laid off. The house wasn't worth as much as it used to be. The, they took the car. There was financial setback. But look at verse 12. But he sowed. Watch this. And in the same year. I'm here to tell somebody that, that you've been sowing, 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 and you're like, where is my harvest? I'm here to tell you today, somebody shout today. Today, the blessing is going to be activated in such a way in your life that you ain't going to wait until next December to see this. If you sow it today, I said if you sow it today, look at this, and the Lord did what? Bless him. But look at verse 13. Ready? You read it. Well, now, wait a minute. He already got a hundredfold. So on top of his hundredfold, now he prospers. And then what? Continued prospering until he became what? Very prosperous. So to everybody who says, God don't want you to have nothing, you a lie. And you should have lied to me before I could read. Look at verse 14. For he had what? Stop. The blessing increased him. In the middle of a famine. I don't think you understand what I'm saying. Watch this. What does famine mean? Because the land is dry, which means the land's not fertile to produce a harvest. But Isaac, because the blessing's on him. Let me tell you something. Let me, let me help some of you understand something, because God has a lot of faith in you. Touch your neighbor and say, God has faith in you. God has so much faith in you that he put you in a messy situation. But because the blessing was on you, he knew that you could be in the middle of that messy situation and still find a way to increase. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. Isaac was standing on land that was messed up for everybody, but yet because of what was on Isaac, Isaac didn't experience the same results as the other people. Say, the blessing is increasing me. I, 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 here it is. I got to get you these last few. Genesis 26, 26. The next thing the blessing does, it makes your enemies at peace with you. It makes your enemies at peace with you. Then Abimelech came to him from Gerar with Azuthath and one of his friends and Phicol, the commander of his army. Look at 27. Then Isaac said to them, why have you come to me since you envy me and you hate me? Now remember, these are the same people that are like, get away from us. We can't stand you because you got advantages we don't have. Some people's issue with you is because they're trying to figure out how it is because in their minds, they're so much better than you and they're trying to figure out how it is you experiencing so much more than them. And you sitting there saying to yourself, I, I don't have no explanation for it other than the blessing. It ain't because I've done everything so right. It's just because he's been so good. Look, verse 28. Uh, but they said, we have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. <laughs> First they envied. Then they wanted peace with him. Listen to me. The same people giving you hell now. Not many days henceforth. Are going, look, look what they said. Look what they said. We have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. So we said, let there be an oath between us, between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you. Wait a minute. You just said you hate me. 
and now you want to make an agreement with me? Verse 29, that you will do us no harm since we have not touched you and since we have done nothing but good to you and sent you away in peace. You are now, watch this, the blessed of the Lord. Which means when the blessings on you, even non-believers will look at you and say, you're blessed. People who won't ever name the name Jesus will look at you and say, you're blessed. Y'all still here? All right, watch this. Next thing, Genesis 27.1. I just got two more to give you, and then, then we're done. I wanted to give it all. I didn't finish it this morning. The blessing must be spoken before it's seen. Say, I must speak it before I see it. Say it again. I must speak it before I see it. Now, it came to pass when Isaac was old and his eyes were so dim that he could not see, he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, my son. And he answered him and said, here I am. Next verse. Then he said, behold, now I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Go back to Genesis 27 and 1. Now it came to pass when Isaac was old, and his eyes were so dim that he could not see that he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, my son, and he answered him and said, here I am. One translation says it like this. And he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his clothing, and he blessed him, saying. Say, I must say it before I see it. You know, your neighbor's issue is they call what they see before they say what they want to see. So let me give you an example. Be like, man, that show is a tough situation. Okay, anybody can see that. Don't take faith. All you got to do is be able to open your eyes. Here's what the blessing does. The blessing says, I don't know what's going on with that situation and circumstance, but I declare it's working for my good. See, I got to say it. Which means even when stuff's going crazy in your life, and you're like, God, I just want to cuss everybody out. I know not you. You're spiritual. But your neighbor, watch this. Say, I must speak it. Watch this. So if your money right now is so funny, it tells you jokes, don't sit there and report that. Stop telling people. See, here's what you say. Can I fix a couple things? Stop saying I can't afford it. That's a horrible confession. Stop saying, I don't have enough. That's why you don't have enough. Bishop, what should I say? You say, I'm blessed, and it ain't wisdom for me to do that right there. If your children are acting crazy, anybody can report that. But it takes a blessed person to say, I declare that they are blessed. They are a mighty man of valor. They are a young woman of valor. They, 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 they are powerful. Touch your neighbor and say, say it. Got to say the blessing before you see the blessing. Here's the last thing. Here's the last thing. Or last uh, thing. Two things, rather. Genesis 30, 30. The blessing changes environments. Genesis 30, 30. For what you had before I came was little. And it's increased to a great amount. The Lord has blessed you since I've been here. And now, what you going to give me? Now, this is Jacob talking to Laban. 
You remember Laban was his relative that, that had him work for seven years, and he thought he was getting Rachel, but he got the other girl. He got Leah. And he didn't know he had received Leah until the morning after. And he looks over at Leah, and he says, oh, my goodness. What I done done? You ain't Rachel. He goes to Laban. You tricked me. Laban was like, huh? <laughs> Laban was like, you know the tradition. I can't give you the younger before I give the older. Jacob loved Rachel so much, the Bible says, that he worked for another seven years. She must have been a bad woman. I mean, no, seriously, 14 years? I mean, she just better, I mean, just like, just, no, a dime ain't sufficient. I'm going to need her to be about a half dollar or something. She's going to be, she gonna need to be a little bit more than a dime. Now, that ain't going to work. She's going to have to ask some more value than that. I'm going to need at least a full dollar. I'm going to need at least a full. Now, I hope I didn't offend you. If you did, bye. Now, watch this. He works for 14 years, and he finally gets what it is that he wanted. And he says, listen, Laban, since I've been here, the atmosphere of this business has changed. The blessing changes environments. That's why when you walk around certain people, they, they change how they talk and they change how they act. And stop, and stop, and, st and they'll even apologize to you if they say something crazy. Stop saying, oh, you ain't got to do that. No, actually, you do. Because when the blessing shows up, it changes environments. You ever had somebody acting a fool and then you walked around, down, oh, I apologize, excuse me, excuse me. The blessing did that. And they recognized something about you. Say, the blessing on me changes environments. Here's the last principle and then we're done. We track the blessing everywhere it's written in Genesis. We just tracked it everywhere. Now, here it is. The blessing must be chosen. Watch this. Here's the whole point for my note takers. You're like, Bishop, what's point number one? Here it is. It's the only point. <laughs> the blessing must be chosen day by day and decision by decision. Now, here's what happens. You make all these confessions in church on Sunday morning, and then by Sunday night, you chose the curse. And you're like, well, I don't believe that. I don't, I, don't, I don't believe all of what the bishop is saying. No, 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 no. You ain't going to make me out to be no lie. And this book ain't no lie. You chose the curse. Deuteronomy 11, 26. Behold, I set before you when? Today. When? Today. Which means God says this is a day-by-day, decision-by-decision thing. A blessing and a curse. Now watch this. He says, listen, there's one. Here, <laughs> there's the other. Okay, he's like, now you pick. He says, the blessing if you obey me and the curse if you don't. He said, but now the choice is yours. Day by day, decision by decision. Now, now Bishop, how, how do I know? 
how do I know that, that, that I've chosen the blessing and how do I know that I've chosen the curse? Well, see, that's important to know because you're either walking in the blessing or the curse, but not both at the same time, and it must be chosen every single day and in every single decision. So you can make a confession today, but then go out there and, 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 and disobey God's word, and, and well, now you just made a choice. You just chose the realm of death, Amen. the realm of the curse. It's real quiet in here. Say, I must choose. I must choose. So today, as we begin this series, God sets before us the blessing and the curse. Now, how many people want to know how to not choose the curse? You know, you know, okay, good. Be here next week. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Hey, Cricket customers, Max with ads is included with your Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. We've never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricket. Phone plan streams and standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See cricketwireless.com for details.